Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. If you've listened to this show before, and we are now approaching 400 episodes, you know that my purpose is to bring you a wide variety of interviews with entrepreneurs who are doing all kinds of things, people who are in the consumer packaged goods world, people who are in clothing, people who are in law and medicine, every type of thing, big companies, small companies, people who are the entrepreneur who started it, people who are the entrepreneur who've grown it, sometimes people who work inside companies as an entrepreneur, but who take everything in that entrepreneurial world and push it in to the job that they have. Because I really believe that when you talk to successful people, success leaves clues. And the only way you're going to be able to maximize your own potential and to actually be results-oriented is if you are looking for a variety of different ways to get across that gap from potential to results. And that's what I try to do here. So I interview really interesting people. Sometimes they're people who I've found out through the business world. Sometimes they're people who I know personally, people I've read about, people I've seen on the news. And sometimes... It's people I met when they were a college student, and I was one of the advisors to their fraternity. So that's what we have today. Uh, I was a pretty active member myself of the Beta Theta Pi fraternity when I was in college. I'm a huge believer of you got to pay back whoever brought you there. I learned a lot. I know fraternities get a bad rap, but uh, I learned a lot. And so throughout my life, I have volunteered to help out, to be a mentor. And uh, I met Alex Blackburn about a year ago when uh, I was assigned sort of as the alumni relations advisor. He was the person assigned to deal with the old guy who was the uh, uh, the volunteer. And we went and had coffee. And he really struck me at the time, even though he was still in college, as somebody who had a huge dose of that entrepreneurial spirit. Now, he came by it naturally. His parents own their own real estate development company, and he has spent some time working with them throughout his life. Uh, I think his grandparents were also entrepreneurial. I don't think this is something he stumbled upon. However, he definitely had the right outlook about what it took to go straight from college to start your own business, and that's what he has done. Alex has a company called the American Duke Apparel Company, and they're a lifestyle brand with T-shirts and other products, and he is up and running. He's been out of school about six months. He's got this project really happening, and I thought, you know what? we got to get you on the show because I love it when someone young just takes the bull by the horns and gets out there and makes it happen because I will tell you what. I always had that thing inside of me that I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to be entrepreneurial, but we didn't have podcasts back then. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have all these examples, and I didn't have parents who were entrepreneurial, so I didn't really have anybody to guide me into that. And so I thought, you know what? Alex is a perfect person to bring on this show. So Alex Blackburn, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Tom. I'm very excited to be here. Um Appreciate the opportunity as a young guy that you have the faith in me to bring me on such a cool podcast. Um, I really got into it when I saw that you were uh, mentioned in Inc.com as one of the top eight guys to listen to, and I've been hooked ever since. That's right. Uh, 2018, Inc.com put me in an article of the top eight podcasts for entrepreneurs to listen to. So uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you're obviously doing something right because Inc.com said so. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, thanks for having me here. And um, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I uh, have grown up in a family of entrepreneurs. 
my I'm following my dad's footsteps. He followed in his granddad's footsteps. Um, both were guys that started out doing a little work in the corporate world and then just decided, you know what, we know what we're doing. It's time for us to take the bull by the horns, like you said. Um, and both went on to start successful companies. My granddad was in real estate and oil, anything that tickled his fancy. Um, my dad followed his footsteps into real estate, which I'm kind of doing, but also have a little bit of interest in other fields. And so they're giving me the opportunity to really, uh, venture out and just see what's out there for me. Yeah. So you're sort of living in both worlds. You're working for your parents' real estate company. And at the same time, you're starting American Duke Apparel, which uh, uh, I want to unpack sort of both of those. What's it like to work for mom and dad? And also, uh, what is it like to start your own business? So let's start with American Duke Apparel Company. Uh, sure. Why don't you tell us who that is, uh, what that is, and who who you are now? And then we can sort of unpack it a little bit. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, American Duke started out actually as a class project in um, Lean Startup Essentials. We had to take a company, um, create a one-page business plan, as is kind of the hot topic right now in the entrepreneurial world, and then go on through uh, the ropes of starting it. We had to learn how to file tax returns. We had to learn how to uh, do interviews with potential employees, how to create a sales pitch. And so... I started out just going through the motions and, and going through each of these assignments. And about the time I was getting ready to finish this semester, I went to my parents and said, hey, here's this thing I've been working on. And I think I really want to give it a shot and, and try it. And so went and essentially gave them the pitch I had been giving my professor for a grade, which was I want to start the first USA-inspired, USA-grown-and-made company um, I want to connect with local manufacturers, be that for clothing or hats, or maybe even getting into some cooler, more unique things as time goes on. But I just, I, for me, growing up in this kind of age where like small batch clothing is the new in thing for college was really cool. But I noticed all these cool USA shirts I had were all still made in China or made in Taiwan. Yeah, yeah what's, or, the, what's the deal with these brands? And there's a lot of that that are like, oh, we can make more money if we print them overseas. And yet we're going to be like, yay, pro-America. Right, exactly. So I just saw an irony there because, you know, there, it is more expensive to make things domestically, but you can still make money and you can still give back to your community in a way, which is just simply giving people jobs, giving people the opportunity to do craft that they're just as good at doing as machines are overseas. But you just you have that feel good, uh, warm, fuzzy feeling when you get to provide somebody a job and then, you know, make a little money off of it. So how thing either. So how long has it been since you launched the company officially? So I consider my official launch the beginning of the year because that was when I did my first shows where I was selling my product. Um, paperwork and all that was started while I was still in school, but beginning of the year was really when I hit the ground running with this thing. So, so you graduated in December and you hit the ground running with your apparel company. So you say you're going to shows. What's that all about? I mean, how does, how does a young guy right out of college get into this sort of lifestyle brand world? What, what are you having to do? Really, what I am having to do is hustle in every way I know how in ways I've never thought were possible. Um, I, my parents have a ranch down in Luling, and we were actually on our way down there and passing through Lockhart and like see all these signs for this huge car show that was going to be happening. And so I get online and I look and they had this vendor application spot where you go in and you just say, hey, this is what I sell. Would you all be interested in providing me with a booth? And got an email back a week later, said, yeah, we got a spot for you. And 
had some pretty good success there. So now when I'm not working for my parents or sometimes when I'm supposed to be working for my parents, I'm really just on the internet searching <laughs> Mom, for. Hopefully, straight. hopefully mom and dad aren't listening to this interview. You know, they're actually out to a meeting. So, uh, <laughs> y- yes, but you realize this will be posted on the internet. So, oh yeah. By that time I'll have come up with some excuse or justification. <laughs> so you started doing these places where you could sort of have a table and sell shirts. What's it like? I mean, you're essentially doing face-to-face sales with the general public. How's that going? You know, it's actually going really good. Um, we're coming off of the Luling Watermelon Thump Festival this past weekend, um, and that was a really exciting time. Um, I really got to meet a lot of what I would call my target market, young people who are active on social media, who are going to go out and say, hey, got this great new brand. That's not to say I don't want everybody to buy my shirts. I, I hope that our message resonates with a lot of people, but um, in the digital age and the age of social media, it, it was really great having a lot of people who were just as interested in the shirt as they were uh, our Facebook and Instagram pages and wanting to follow us and, and hear about when the new products were coming out. So that's a, as an entrepreneur, that's the best kind of feedback you can have is, hey, I want to see what you've got next. So, so what's your biggest challenge? Because this is a highly competitive market. I see, I see branded T-shirts with you know lifestyle brands and a lot of stuff going on Every, everywhere I go, and even some of you know my my speaker friends who speak on certain topics, they have their own T-shirt line that they sell, you know, or they give away when they speak. So you know, there's there's a lot of competition for a cool T-shirt. Now the good news is everyone wants a cool T-shirt. So you know, but but there's a lot of competition. So what's your biggest challenge? You know, that's. I guess let me give you a broader sense of what the challenge is. And then there's a couple little things. When I was in school, they would always say marketing was the hardest thing you would could learn how to do. And that was actually my favorite class. It's like, this is easy. Anybody can create an advertisement. Anybody can do social media. Well, now that I'm into it, I would have to say all-encompassing marketing is the hardest thing you can do. But more specifically, getting true people that you want to – getting the hook, line, and sinker of somebody who – wants to follow your brand, who wants one of your shirts right then, isn't just going to say, well, you know what, I'm going to sit back and wait. Maybe they'll come up with something cool that I'm going to like. Really being able to sell somebody on what you have right then and there has been the biggest challenge. But doing all these shows and like you said, getting that face-to-face sales time is incredibly great practice. And within myself, I see that my sales pitch is getting better every time I'm trying to tell somebody my story and what inspired the shirt that they're holding or just what inspired my brand in general. So um, really being able to close sales, really getting just the overall message of the company through the most uh, effective avenues has been something I'm really having to learn on the fly and learn as I go. So a bunch of your friends from high school and college are all graduating last December, this May, maybe next December, uh, maybe for the people in the five-year plan next year. But <laughs> as you're seeing, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I was there five no, and a no. half years. As, uh, as you start to see your friends, you know, graduating and, and taking corporate jobs, they're going to work for an Ernst & Young or they're going to work for Procter & Gamble, maybe some of them for a cooler startup, but they're still in that entry-level jobby job job. Right. What, what do you love about the fact that you're just out there starting your own thing? <laughs> Everything. I, uh, <laughs> I did a, a six-week internship because that was the minimum requirement while I was in school at UT. Um, and it was for a corporate home builder just to learn a little bit about the other side of the business that my dad is in. And when you see how many levels of approval you have to go for making a decision on, it seems like what you want to eat for lunch, you had to go through 18 people 
I, I could not be happier with the fact that I'm working for myself. I'm my own boss. I, it comes with its own challenges. You have to really challenge yourself to be working eight to five, or if you're like me, where you're working in a job eight to five, but trying to start your own company, that means really you're working eight to eight or eight to midnight. Um, but, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. You get to make your own decisions. You get to really challenge your creativity, uh, I congratulate all my friends that are graduating and getting jobs. I've got friends that are going to work for sales for MLB teams, people that are going to be financial advisors for big four banking companies. But, you know, for me, the ladder I want to climb is not just to get my Rolex after 40 years of working for a bank. And for me, it's I want to be able to give back. I want to be able to start something new every few years and just kind of go wherever the wind's blowing. So let's let's switch gears and talk a little bit about your day job, because I think a lot of people who have this entrepreneurial spirit and I know myself included, they, they work a job while they're trying to figure out, you know, how do how do I create my own thing? So they have their own side hustle going on. But at the end of the day, they have to do that. But in your case, you work for mom and dad. And I think that there's some advantages to that. I think that's cool. Right. You know, they're not probably going to fire your ass tomorrow. However, the other side, is, and you can be totally honest with them about what you're trying to accomplish in your life because they're invested in that. I mean, most right. bosses are like, you want to start a t-shirt company or you want to work for my company? Come on, pick a lane, buddy. Obviously, right. mom and dad want what's best for you. However, you know, for a lot of people I've talked to who work in family businesses, there's also some, you know, other dynamics that go on. So what's it like taking your job and actually working for your parents? You know, it interesting would be the first word that comes to mind overall um it really is great i i can use them as a sounding board when i need some advice in my own company um i can be working on trying to put together a deal for my parents but if something pops into my mind and i need a quick question on something totally random for my company about how do you do this or how do you do that turn around and ask them and they're happy to give me the advice um I was very fortunate that my parents were able to match every bit of every dollar I put into my company. They matched as investors. So um, they're very supportive of what I'm doing. Um, no doubt my dad would love to see me and my brother still follow in the family footsteps, but he's, uh, he knows what a serial entrepreneur is. He's somewhat of one himself. And so he's very supportive of that. Uh, so it's really been a, a blessing and a wonderful experience working for them. Um, I, they're my family is the most important thing to me. So it really is cool to be able to say that I'm working for my dad and he was able to do the same thing for his dad at one point in time. And so I, I hope that when I have kids, I'm going to be able to, that I'm going to be the cool dad that they're going to want to come work for me and not be going, Oh my God, I really just need to get out of the house and find somewhere else to go kind of thing. So, you know, it, it's interesting because you're in your early twenties. So this next question might sound sort of daunting because probably most of the people <laughs> who listen to this show are older, but what advice do you have for someone who wants to start their own business? Because what I've found when I get the, the pleasure to meet the people who listen to the show, a lot of them have jobs. They didn't have dad to go work for. They didn't have the example of entrepreneurial parents and grandparents. Uh, right. And so they are working for sort of a traditional type job. And there's a lot of reasons why it's scary to make the leap when you don't have sort of that safety net. Uh, that, that you might have. But sure. what advice do you have for somebody who's like, I have an idea for be it a product company or a services company? What, what would you tell them to do? You know, that's actually the one question that I love answering. I, when I was in one of my entrepreneurship courses, I think we learned that the stat was nine out of 10 startups were, will fail. Um, personally, I think that five out of those nine failures are because people just weren't ready to 
put their foot on the gas and, and hammer out what they needed to hammer out. There are ideas that just aren't going to work. There's going to be an idea you have that it turns out somebody else beat you to the punch. But I think for a lot of people, they just run out of gas. Maybe they didn't have the dedication. Um, for me, I, I will even say with all the daunting late nights, there's times even just a few months in where you're like, my God, am I really doing the right thing? You know, I'm a young guy. I really need to be saving for a house and a future family. And, you know, making these big life steps, but here I am trying to start my business while I'm at it. And that's where all these dollars are going. But, um, you, when you refocus, when I put my mind back to it is when I really see the greatest accomplishments, when I come up with new products, when I will end up signing up for a bunch more shows that I couldn't find in the past. You just, something about having that grit and determination, I think can really push you far. And it doesn't really matter if you've got a hundred dollars to invest in, a Haynes t-shirt that I could just draw on, but to show people that that was my idea. Or if you've got, you know, a million dollars that someone's ready to invest in your company, it all comes down to you as the person. And if you're going to have the determination to really go out and sell your product, I would love for my company to be an online sales only where people from stores are coming to me and say, Hey, we want to carry your product. But right now I'm at the point where I've got to go out in hundred degree heat for shows and say, Hey guys, here's my product. Let me talk to you about it. And I'm taking lunch breaks to go to other businesses and say, here's some of my shirts. Would y'all be interested in carrying them and seeing if they sell? <laughs> so, you know, when someone starts a business, we all think, ah, oh, they've got so much potential. But the one thing I've learned is that potential doesn't equal results. And so, you know, it's this thing, just because just you have an idea and just because you have potential and just because you're ambitious, like you said, nine out of 10 aren't going to make it. What do you think the delta is? Because I'm a real results-oriented guy. When I work with companies or I speak at a conference, you know, there's a lot of people going with a lot of data and a lot of theory, and that's awesome. But I want there to be results. So what do you think is the delta for that one out of 10 that gets across that gap between potential and results and actually makes it? What's the secret sauce? You know, I, I got to go back to it's the human factor. I, I Data is great, and I use a lot of it when I'm – planning what I'm going to do with my company or, and especially in a, in a business like real estate with my family, it's nothing but data, how much are houses being sold for and how much is land going for. But, but there's a human factor that I've seen in, in both aspects. When I get to tell people my story, I can close a sale a hundred million times better than I could if I'm just trying to post pictures on Instagram right now. Um, I've seen my dad meet face to face with people who are selling ranches in the middle of Austin, you know, kind of those uh, last of their breed types of people. But when they get to meet someone like my family or the guys we work with who are very much about local and, you know, how can we commemorate? We love finding people who've got land and doing some nod to them for willing, being willing to make a deal with us and seeing their home, their childhood home being turned into a beautiful neighborhood, but just being able to connect with people, um, has been really cool for me. And so I think that human element works on a variety of levels, be that connection or just being able to tell your story or being determined to get the job done and, and push your company to the next level. Yeah, well, it's I, I think that human factor, the thing I've found in my research and I've interviewed hundreds of people is everything falls into three buckets and it's your passion, your plans and your people. And that people bucket is the biggest one. It's It, it really matters. And yet we live in a world where everybody's trying to digitize shortcuts and they right. think that a like, a link, a share or a follow somehow makes a difference, mm -hmm. but it's really that human to human part. So I think you hit it right on the, right on the nail. Thank you. So 
I got some more questions for you before I can let you go. But first, right. but first, I got to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Hey, Podfly does all that heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Alex Blackburn. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Alex, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What are you doing right now that's really cool? Oh, man. Um, well, I'd like to say everything, but um, as far as my business goes, um, I've been meeting a lot of really cool people, a lot of really interesting people at uh, all these shows I've been going to. And so what we're talking about right now is actually um, in the spirit of American Duke and our message of not only being homegrown, but also um, seizing the American aspect of grit and determination and ingenuity. We're looking at developing a uh, separate avenue of our business where we feature certain entrepreneurs every uh, every month or every quarter. We're still in the planning phase, but I've, I've been... I've got a stack of business cards about three feet tall from cool people. I've been meeting at these shows that are just doing things that nobody could, I would never think of metal work. Uh, people are turning whiskey bottles into lamps that can hang out on your front porch. Uh, iron work, silversmith, just it's, it's really incredible the kind of people you meet at these things and the things that they're coming up with. And so, um, what I've been thinking about doing is trying to give some of them, a lot of these people are older, they've had a hobby all their life. And now that they're retired, they've got time to come and sell these things, but probably not a lot of time or maybe not the skills to put, put a website together for their own products. So what I'm looking to do is have a, uh, you know, entrepreneurs market or a let's meet some American Dukes and see what they're up to. And here's their products. And here's how you can get your hands on one, or maybe even selling, uh, through American Duke, just to give them another avenue to reach people, because uh, you know I'm fortunate. I guess I'm in the the young age where I can still navigate my way th through a somewhat building a website. Um, but I'd love to be able to give other people who are doing what I'm doing a chance to get their name out there and, and help each other out. So uh, that's probably the thing I'm most excited about now, as far as my business goes. So I want to shift gears here and go to a question that obviously I don't ask everybody because not everybody who comes on the show is is just out of college. So, sure. you know, you said, oh, I've got the advantage that I probably know how to make a website because I'm 22 or 23 or whatever you are. So how – what do you think about the state of entrepreneurship with this next generation, sort of the young, the young bottom of the millennials and the top of what I guess they're calling Gen Z? I mean you're falling right on the cusp right there. What, what, what do you think entrepreneurship means now to this group? Because I think the millennials have one view, but as we get this next gen coming in, uh, what do you think entrepreneurship means? You know, um, that's been a, a fun topic of discussion with professors and fellow entrepreneurs and classmates. Um, a lot of my professors were very confident in saying that um, their startups and the entrepreneurship they see had to be based in tech. But what I would say is... Um, one, yes, technology is definitely a great avenue for entrepreneurship, but I think for all these new kids that are looking to start their own company, um, you can't forget, what I guess, the retail or physical goods that are still out there. I think we're actually seeing a 
resurgence of uh, the small mom and pop shops. I think people are really actually coming back to seeking those out uh, in a not so slow manner either. I, all these small towns are really getting rejuvenated that I've been visiting. Uh, even in big cities like Austin, we're seeing a lot of mom and pop shops that are really becoming hot spots for people to go and, and shop and just talk and get to know people. So uh, what I would say about state of entrepreneurship is I think it's actually going to be as diverse as it ever has been because we've kind of passed that whole dot-com age and the, the tech age is definitely here. But I think now tech is more an avenue for us to create whatever it is we want. A t-shirt company like myself, uh, who would have thought giant coolers would be the next great thing, but Yeti sure figured it out. Kendra Scott, a lot of great Austin examples that are disrupting what most people would normally call a startup or entrepreneurial endeavor. Well, in the other area, and Austin's got a huge amount of this, but really nationwide is consumer packaged goods, you know, in mm -hmm. the, in the food specialty foods business and supplement business. Uh, mm -hmm. I recently have stumbled into meeting a ton of entrepreneurs uh, and people who work in this area. And I knew nothing about sort of the boomingness of the specialty foods and CPG uh, arena. And yet I've been talking to some distributors about maybe me speaking at their conferences. And I've been interviewing a couple people a couple episodes back. I interviewed uh, the CEO of Brain Juice, which is an Austin-based company that is now fully national in all the the health food stores and, and Whole Foods around the country. Uh, but I'm, I've got like four or five more people in the works to come on this show who are in that little area. And it's like, we think, oh, it's all tech. These people in food are making a ton of money and making a splash and really showing a lot of ways uh, to go and, and really kick it in, in entrepreneurship. So I think you're absolutely right when you say, oh, people think, oh, entrepreneur, they think tech. But it's really, I mean, entrepreneurship is everything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that food industry is the reason why I can survive on something other than spaghetti and chicken nuggets. So shout out to all those guys for getting me through college and getting me through the day. <laughs> so I love to ask the people, especially young entrepreneurs who come on the show, I love to ask them, who do you admire? Who do you look at and say, you know, that person, they're, they're doing some cool stuff? Whew. Well, the easy one would be to say, my dad, because he's done a lot of cool stuff, but to, um, as far as entrepreneurship goes, but to kind of branch out and hopefully not a, a stereotypical go-to. I really like uh, reading about Elon Musk because Tesla is obviously becoming a, a household name, but um, he's a guy who, and you know, I hope to be this guy one day where I've got a stage to pitch a new idea to people, but he's a guy that can say, you know what? I'm going to do X and he goes and he pitches it and people are like, wow, that's it's really cool. Not just X, SpaceX. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but, I'm, uh, but you know, he's working on, I know um, like green roofing right now. He's not just trying to make solar panels. He's trying to make solar shingles and something like that's really cool. He, every day it seems like he's coming out with something new. So I really admire him and the fact that he, um, really goes against the grain of a lot of other entrepreneurs and work guys. He, he's not afraid to speak his mind and to put his own opinions out there, uh, which I think is really cool. And um, actually want to, I don't know if he'll end up hearing the show, but there's a friend of ours. He's a young guy. He's um, I believe eighth grade or going to be a freshman. And uh, his dad and my dad went to college together, but he was actually been doing his own designing of t-shirts, not having a clue that I was in it, but his dad said, Hey, Alex is, uh, doing this now, you might want to talk to him. And he texts me uh, about two hours after I talked to his dad and said, you know, hey, I'm ready to come out and 
help you at some of your shows. If you need me to move boxes, that'd be great. I'd love to learn, you know, what you've done and how you learned about manufacturing. And so uh, going back, you know, just to what we've been talking about, about some of these younger entrepreneurs and new entrepreneurs that that's a kid that I think is going to go far because, you know, he's, he's 11 years old and, and he's just ready to hit the ground running and do whatever he can to learn about, uh, about the business and starting his own company. So that's a pretty cool kid to admire as well. Well, and that, that's cool that he just calls you up and says, Hey, can I come help? I mean, it's not, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, you know, the older you get, it's like, what's in it for me. I mean, he exactly. realizes that what's in it for him is, is, is if he goes and helps serve you as you're growing your company, I mean, he is only 11. He's got a lot of time to learn, but this right. falls into this whole, this whole concept that comes up time and time again about mentorship. And so how important do you think it is to have mentors? Clearly your dad and your grandfather are, but I mean, how important do you think it is for people? As you look at your friends who are graduating, you know, what advice would you give them about finding a mentor if they don't, if they don't have that in their, their own dad? You know, a, a mentor, and it doesn't even have to be someone who's in the same industry as you, but just someone to use as a sounding board is invaluable, whether that's in business or life or whatever it is, um, I try to give myself or find a mentor of sorts in, in every aspect. I mean, obviously life, it's, it's your family. If, if you're fortunate enough to, to have people to depend on in that aspect, but even if it's not, you know, um, the priest of my church is a great guy that I talked to. One of my professors, I ended up hitting it off with really well. And, and I'm graduated, but we still have a, a monthly coffee that we, that we uh, meet for. So just, anybody that you really resonate with or someone that's at the level you want to be at or does something you want to do, or, or just, you know, some of these guys are just cool. They just seem like they have all the knowledge of the world and have, have done it all and, and just have the cool story to tell. Just, just find somebody like that and, and really make sure you value what it is they can provide you. So, but I'm going to say you're an anomaly because, you know, I kind of got assigned to meet with you and we met a couple times about stuff that the fraternity had going on, but sure. You know, then I was traveling a lot. I wasn't as involved as an advisor. You were graduating. And yet you've still three or four times over the last year reached out to me saying, hey, can we get together for coffee? Hey, you know, I, you saw I was doing stand-up comedy. You're like, oh, I'd like to come watch you do that sometime. The fact that you're reaching out to older people who are having successes in different, like you said, I think different industries is the coolest way to have a mentor. Yeah. Uh, the fact that you even do that, you send the email, you pick up the phone, puts you in the top 1% because I've been an advisor on and off to uh, your chapter of the fraternity, you know, over the last 20 years, I've, I've been an advisor two or three different times. And uh, also just in, you know, the realm of meeting people, speaking at colleges, people come up and go, oh, you know, can I take you out to lunch? You know, and my answer is always yes. Almost nobody ever follows up. So, <laughs> you know, you, you naturally obviously have that if you're following up with your professors and entrepreneurs you're meeting and your priest and, you know, all this. What advice do you have then for other, your peers who maybe say, oh, yeah, 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 I should call that person and then don't. Right. You know, it doesn't take a lot of confidence to pick up the phone, especially when we're uh, the generation of arguing with each other in the comment section. But um, you really just, you got to go, you just got to pick one time and go for it. And then every time after that, just gets so much easier. I mean, I, I'd, I'd be nervous picking up the phone to, you know, call the professor about meeting for lunch or, you know, what's he going to think about my business idea for X or Y or, or, you know, you know, calling you, I, you're a great guy. I wasn't really nervous about talking to you. I mean, <laughs> it's Tom. Yeah. yeah I don't Tom. bite. Nah. <laughs> uh, but it's, it really, for me, it was just every time I'd pick up the phone and call somebody or, uh, 
just put myself out there if it wasn't meeting with somebody, but like say a, a class project, maybe you got to give a speech. You give one, the next one gets easier, but it's just, you got to find the confidence within yourself and be your own best friend. You can't be your own worst enemy. You got to give yourself the confidence and, and the pep talk to just put yourself out there. And, and it just goes downhill from there. Once you reach out to one professor, you're going to reach out to one, another, you're going to reach out to the business guy that, you know, maybe you met one time at a networking function, but just you'll have that confidence to say, Hey, can we meet for coffee? I want 15 minutes of your time. And, and the reality is, is not everybody's going to say yes. We live in a world where people ignore calls. They ignore emails. And sure. that's okay. I mean, my advice to people, especially younger people who are looking for advice or a mentor or any or anything, just, you know, success leaves clues. Getting around smart people, you know, is going to give you some idea or something that, oh, well, if that guy can do it, you know, I could do it. And uh, some people won't respond. And you know what? That's totally cool. They have their own stuff going on. But more often than not, people will say yes, and and therefore you get that. And it doesn't mean you're going to create you know that love connection where you're going to have a permanent mentor with everybody who you meet. But uh, so I have these two guys who I've been their mentor. I'm not in the same industry they are, but they've become like my extra kids. I call them my fake sons. And uh, one of them, we were talking about it, and he says all, he thinks all of his friends need a mentor like me because I've been really helpful to him. And we'll go on a hike and we'll talk about life or whatever. And I told him, I go, the problem is you can't recreate it. I met him in a Starbucks. He needed some advice. We were talking. The advice paid off. He wanted to say thank you. He took me out for a drink. He was new to town. I introduced him to some other people who were about the same age who I knew. And we just kept in touch. And now, you know, he went to Father's Day lunch with us. So it's, you know, it's this thing that it's like you can't recreate that. That was, a you know, a friendship that developed on its own. But at yeah. the same time, if he hadn't talked to me, if he hadn't listened, if he hadn't taken my advice, if he hadn't called to say thank you, he would have been a guy I sat next to and talked to for 10 minutes in a Starbucks. So... Part of it is you got to take action. Right. Well, and, you know, I got to, I got to, I guess, give a shout out to the professor I was mentioning. His name's uh, John Sibley Butler. And he, well, John Butler is like totally famous in Austin. John Butler's well, a big yes, deal. He, yes, he is. It, but I, I got to give him uh, just a lot of credit because he's done very well for himself. But I asked him, I said, you know, don't you want to retire and just travel the world and play golf and all these things? And, and the one thing he keeps coming back to is, he just wants to be there for all his, he calls them his kids, but his students, he, he just, you know, he gets the biggest thrill out of being able to give people advice out of being able to give people an avenue to, you know, try and achieve their own level of success and to achieve their own goals. And, and to me, that's, that's a guy to aspire to be like, and you're doing the same thing as he is where you're, you're putting yourself out there as a mentor to people. And so I think if I can get to that level where I've experienced success and can give back to people and, and, help them achieve their goals that's going to be the ultimate prize awesome well your homework for being on cool things entrepreneurs do is you got to get john butler to be on the show <laughs> i'll see if i can pull that off i uh, bet I, I bet you we can talk him into it awesome because we could talk about mentorship because that's what i it's a topic that near and dear to my heart and he would be the perfect person to talk about it because he's mentored hundreds of successful people around that i yeah. that i know of much less people i don't know of so it's probably thousands oh, yeah. so hey Alex, thank you so much. You said you'd never been on a podcast before. You're like an old pro. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, so, sir. Uh, imagine Alex being interviewed when he's 50 years old, if this is his first interview and he pulls this off. So thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, if people want to find out more about you, if they have to go buy a shirt from American Duke Apparel, how do they find you? They can find me at www.americanduke.com. It's got emails. It's got, uh, well, it doesn't have phone numbers because uh, if the company does get big, I don't need everybody texting me. But um, it's got my email. It's got all our products on there. It's got uh, comment sections. So you can, you can get a hold of us 
real easy from the website. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Tom. Hey, and thank you to everybody who listened. I say it every single time. If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. So keep telling your friends. Everybody tells me all the time when I ask somebody that I meet that they say, oh, I love your podcast. I say, how did you find out about it? Oh, my friend told me. So uh, keep that going forward. Pay it forward and tell your friends. I'm trying to grow the show. And apparently the only way it works is if the people who listen all the way to the end, like you are right now, actually tell their friends who are into entrepreneurship or want to be, hey, check out this podcast. Uh, if you want to find out more about me, it's all at TomSinger.com. Uh, if you want to join the group coaching program, prices are going way up October 1st. So now is the time to join the Potential Mastermind Project. You can find that information at PotentialMastermind.com. Uh, and go over to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I like it when I get a new review. It just makes my day better. So don't cheat me out of my day being better. Uh, come back in a couple days. We're going to have an interview with somebody just as cool as Alex Blackburn. But in the meantime, in the meantime, I challenge you, go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.